here oh, yeah. we okay. go again. Oh yeah. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon. And boys, today we will recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which was headlined by Rafael Faisiv versus Mataj Gamrat. Then we will get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for next, yes I said next, Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which we will explain why we are getting you set up for next week's UFC Fight Night, which is headlined by Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. And finally... All the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts. And boys, we got a lot of fight <laughs> announcements uh, this past week them. that I'm really excited for. Really excited to talk about. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 152 of the Now and Bella podcast. The what? The Now and Bella podcast. <laughs> That's just something you got to know about the Now and Belly. <laughs> now and Belly. You got to know about the Now and Belly. Doing What's up, boys? Good. Doing great. How are you doing, Brandon? Good. I am tired. It was one of those mornings I felt great waking up and then had an early service this morning and then at like 10 minutes left in the service, I was like, well, that just drained all my energy. <laughs> so Let me ask you something. You messaged us in our group chat this morning asking if we had a particular <laughs> pair of shoes. Yeah. And then just dropped it. And then just never said anything <laughs> after that. Yeah, because neither of you had it, had what I needed. No, no, but here, so I, I responded in a fashion of like, you needed like a reference on like, a, like sizing or something like did you really think you could fit me and john do you not know me and john's shoe size was it 13 yeah that's what i wear oh it is yeah i wouldn't have that on my bingo i card. would not have i had you for like an eight no <laughs> like no. A, i literally told ash as we're walking into church i'm like brandon just asked this but he's gotta be like do you, an eight <laughs> do you need it for the wedding yeah yikes uh, yeah it's yeah. coming up it is a couple weeks so yeah. what are you gonna do go get some go uh, I can, i'm sure they have some at colds or something i'm just trying to avoid going out and buying them Gotcha. I, I would say a better groom wouldn't make you pay for your own shoes. How about that? Oh, well, Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I, I I love the guy that, that you're the wedding that you're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great guy. I would never say anything mean about him. No, nope, not to his face. You wouldn't. At least not to his face and not on a podcast. Yeah, I, I can promise yeah, you that. Because people hear that. That's true. <laughs> Boys, uh, off top, big <clears throat> announcement. Um, maybe not a good announcement for some people, uh, but for the first time in our podcast's existence, uh, we are going to take a week off. Uh, we are going to be taking off next week, um, which is why I said off top that we're going to be pre- previewing fights for uh, next Saturday. Um we talked, um, and not only is there no UFC next week, there's no PFL, there's no Bellator, there's no anything. Um, one is doing an event, Stamp Fair, Texas, fighting uh, Friday night. I'll probably definitely be watching that uh, just because I really enjoy watching her fight. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just nothing next week. Um, and we figured it'd be a great week for us to kind of decompress, take a break, take a week off, and get ready for the end of this year because, as we mentioned, we've got some big fight announcements. <laughs> Um, and a big end of the year coming. Uh, so we hope that you guys will just kind of give us some grace, allow us this again. It's almost two and a half straight years now, every week of a podcast. So um, there's just it's just a good time, honestly, to take a break for us. Um, so the next episode, or no episode next Monday, October second, we will be back October 9th to recap the Grant Dawson Bobby Green fight night. Um, And this may be something, too, that we do more often, you know, especially if we get weeks with uh, smaller fight nights like this in between. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense, man. And and again, you know, we've talked about the quality over quantity thing, and it is tough to kind of 
continually continually come with like content and trying to like right these fight nights aren't that big of a deal and there's just not much there's not much like talking points in some mm-hmm. of these fights you know like like okay yeah the winner's now going to face the number 10 ranked person you know i mean maybe. It's just maybe yeah <laughs> like there's just not a ton of like headlining new stuff now i will say um if anything major comes up in the next week like something that requires uh our taker to come in and, and mm-hmm. kind of talk about um we maybe will do like like a quick like zoom thing and we'll just record it and upload it in your podcast feed so uh again if anything crazy happens you can you know kind of look for something but um like newsy stuff i mean because right. there's no fights this week so right. No slap either, you know? Yeah, no slap. No slap. There is Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday night, um, and I'm actually really excited. If you listened uh, to our um, kickback episode, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about Chuck Buffalo, right? Yeah. Char- Charles Radke. And um, I told you guys, he, you know, I'm, I'm a real believer in this guy. He just beat a guy named Raheem Forrest. And I said, Raheem's a guy that you're going to be hearing about really, really soon. Well, Raheem Forrest is actually main eventing this mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Of Dana White's Contender Series, so didn't know that when I said that. So, but I'm not surprised right. uh, to see him in this spot. He's coming off a huge win, um, and again, I'm really excited to see him um, because I really think this is a guy that everybody needs to have on their radar. So there is that. Like I said, Stamp Fairtex on Friday night. Love Stamp Fairtex, so I will be watching her as well on Amazon Prime One FC. Um, and with that, oh, one more thing. Uh, we also have to give a big shout out to friend of the show, Sean Connor oh, yeah. Fallon. Uh, this is maybe something that you know you would have in your one for the people, but no, Sean gets top of the episode <laughs> treatment on the Neon Belly podcast. He got a big win this past Friday at LFA in Minnesota, and the thing is, Sean came into that fight as like a two to one underdog um, and pulled off a big upset. Got a um, first round guillotine finish. Um, so huge congrats mm-hmm. and shout out to him, man. Uh, you know, coming off that, that Bellator loss and, um, you know, went back to middleweight for this fight. Like I said, underdog almost seemed like they were bringing him in to kind of take the, the fall there, get the loss. And he said, not today, Psych. son. <laughs> That's not what we do around here. So congrats to him, man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody knows, you stay away from getting those arms wrapped around your neck with mm-hmm. him because yeah. he'll do it to you. Rate, sub, follow, Brandon. Let the people know. All right, guys, you can give us a follow on all our social medias. We're on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and then also on Spotify. You can give us five stars on there, and you can give us a written review as well on Apple Podcasts. We always appreciate it for everyone to spread the love and let us know what you're thinking. Feedback is appreciated, so give us a follow at Neon Belly Pod. Absolutely, boys. And this past Friday night, or Saturday night, excuse me, let's get into it. UFC Fight Night recap. Um Man, again, anytime there's injuries, we don't do the air horns. Yeah. But Mataj Gamrot <laughs> defeats Rafael Faiziv via second round injury TKO. Uh, man, just what a rough ending to this fight, boys. Mm. Nobody wanted this matchup to end like this. It was uh, building up to such a good I fight. I know. Faiziv throws a, a kick with the right leg and the uh, left leg, which was kind of posted on the ground. It was the one he was using to kind of pivot on. Uh, they showed it in slow-mo. You just see the knee pop out right it's there. A lot of torque, man, the way he kicks. 
super unfortunate. I just, I mean, we talked about it last week, but I loved everything about this matchup. It got off to a bit of a slower start. Mm -hmm. You know, both guys, both guys kind of feeling each other out, but towards the end of round one, and even as long as round two lasted, you know, both guys were kind of starting to push their games, implement what they were wanting to do. You could already see what was going to start to happen for both guys and how mm -hmm. they were going to try to win the fight. Wasn't much in terms of seeing, uh, there wasn't much, excuse me, in terms of seeing a clear advantage for either guy. It was just still a super close fight up to that mm -hmm. point. Um, I just really think, um, you know, we were going to be in for a four or five round banger there. That's just yeah. kind of how that was shaping up. And it just sucks to see it in this way. Yeah, it's never fun, man. Um, especially when you know that both of these guys have the capability to like, you know, have a huge finish or, you know, both of these guys could have gone four or five yeah. rounds of just banging it out. Um, I thought that Gamrot was landing the straight shots really well. Yeah, like the right, right hand. hand yeah. Um, chaining his takedowns like we said he was going to mm -hmm. do uh, really big on that. But Fizee was doing a really good job of getting back up. Yeah. Um, he landed... I remember that one combo in the first where he just went to the body like, like four punches. times. Yeah. yeah, like it was everything you wanted out of this fight. Unfortunately, yeah. it just got cut short for not even – it would also have been – felt a little bit different if it was like, oh, it caught the elbow, so it was kind yeah. of him doing it. But it was literally just sure. your body saying sorry, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that the striking exchanges were pretty fun to watch. I was kind of surprised with Gamrot being able to land as early as he yeah. did against Fizeev. And then Fizeev's, yeah, he got taken down. And I mean, but it's Gamrot. At the same time, I thought yeah. the, the defense that we did see also looked really good from, oh, from Fizeev. Yeah. But um, yeah, and with the injuries, man, you always got to wonder if he was carrying something into the fight and yeah. then that was just enough that was just the, the little bit the full tear yeah or or if that just one of those freak things because I, I don't know for me i feel like it's surprising that we don't see that more often but then at the same time i think back to it and it's like aspinall and guys like that like we maybe, do kind yeah of, maybe yeah. we do so. a little bit more recently for sure well, and i think when you look at um yeah but real quick i mean totally agree with you guys um it was interesting because, you, like I said, you could see the game plan that we mm. knew for both of them, but both of them kind of having success in the others. It, like you said, Gamrot with the right crosses. And then Fizee, man, that dude's balance and hip dexterity is just on a Flexibility. another level. He tried to run the pipe one time and Crazy. it just... And he's just like, but what was more impressive is the hips because as he's running it, it's not as if Fizeev's just kind of hopping back. You could see him like rotating his hip, like going with as mm -hmm. Gamrot's trying to like, uh, it's just nuts, yeah. man. Just a different level. And and even when Gamrot did have him down, you could tell how strong Fizeev was. Like it was mm -hmm. never going to be easy for Gamrot to hold down Fizeev in that fight. Um, but yeah, I, I thought about the pre-existing injury thing as well, like what Brandon was saying there. And, and especially for a guy like Fizeev, right, who we know is such a kick. He, he kicks a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he kicks a lot in training as well. Right. Connor's another one, right? You know, um, clearly, like when you go back to like Chris Weidman, right? Uh, opens up with a big leg kick in that fight against Uriah Hall, which is why he broke his leg. That's probably something he had drilled and trained for. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to open up with this big leg kick, right? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's just when. when how many leg kicks do you think Rafael Fizeev threw in this training camp, you know, right. just sparring? And it's like, maybe there is something where it's like, hey, temper, you know, kind of peel that back a little, pull kicks a little, you know, I, I don't know, because you also need to keep your technique on them sharp. So, right. and well, other, and it wasn't just the leg that he was kicking with, right? It was, it was that the, pivot the leg. Pivot which leg, is just, yeah. That's another interesting. Well, and you also think about where he's coming from. Tiger yeah. Muay Thai, obviously now training with Henry Hoof and mm -hmm. stuff like Tiger Muay Thai, I imagine they're throwing thousands of kicks a day. Right. 
you know, kicking posts, kicking pads, kicking people. So, yeah. you know, that's probably a lot of wear and tear. And it, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and for a guy like him, too, who such a big part of his game is those kicks, what does this do to the mental side of that the next time you go back out? And it was just a simple little body kick you throw, yeah. and it was that pivot. You know, does that change your approach to the fights going forward? Like, I don't know how bad the injury is or any of that, but. Uh, I No, I was literally what I was about to transition to. I wrote down the same thing. You know, it sucks for a guy like him. You know, I know he's coming off the loss, obviously, to Justin Gates. But it's probably still always just one or two wins away as a mm -hmm. guy like Rafael Faisi from a title shot. And I think he's someone all three of us would consider a future title challenger. But yeah, I mean, who knows what an injury like this does uh, for him and, and to his game. You know, as we mentioned, this is a guy who relies a lot on his movement, dynamic striking. That's a big part of mm -hmm. Rafael Faisi's game. Um, so yeah, anytime you're taking knee or lower body injuries, it's risky, right, in this, in this sport. But then for a guy like him, I think that... Uh, really needs those legs under him to do what he does best and you just never know I mean mm -hmm. we did just see a guy like Tom Aspinall as John mentioned and he came back and made it look like nothing right like right. we still have yet to see Connor come back you know Anderson was really never the same uh, Weidman didn't look great mm -hmm. again we'll see Connor you know but yeah when you see people fighters take these um, really really risky leg or not risky but nasty leg injuries it's tough, man. It's mm -hmm. tough. And I, you wonder even just the training and everything. I mean, I haven't seen a diagnosis yet either right. of what it was. Um, but, yeah, you're probably looking at least six to eight months, I would think, because that knee popped. Something yeah. definitely mm -hmm. popped in there. Yep. Um, excuse me, Gamrot talked about, about a title Talk shot. Talked to Talked about a title <laughs> shot. He also mentioned a fight with Oliveira. I'm guessing he meant, like, if Oliveira loses to Islam. That's kind of what I was interpreting it as because he said, of course, I'd love a title shot. But then he said, I'd love to challenge myself against Charles Oliveira. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took that as maybe like if Oliveira were to lose. Um, so maybe. Uh, but when you look at the top five, it's Michael Chandler, Benil Dariush, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira in that order, order uh, from five to one. Obviously, we know Oliveira is currently booked, you know given how that fight goes, if he were to lose, maybe he could turn around, you know, mm -hmm. depending how much time Gamrot wants. But I'm going to assume Gamrot could probably turn around pretty fast, All given right. how that fight went. Uh, last we knew from Dana, Connor Chandler is still on. That's still the fight the UFC wants to do, so I would think that eliminates Michael Chandler from that. To me, I still think Dustin Poirier and Benil Dariush is a fight to make. I, I just, both guys coming off losses, both guys ranked inside the top five. I think one of them needs to go. Mm -hmm. Not go from like, I'm not meaning like bounce from the UFC, <laughs> but just to be clear on that, I'm just meaning like in terms of title contention, mm -hmm. right? right. Like you got Gamrot, you've got these like younger guys that are trying to get into that top five, get into the title picture. Um, and I think it makes sense for one of those guys to kind of have to get knocked down a tier mm -hmm. and kind of build back towards that. So to me, I, f I still feel like that fight makes a ton of sense. Although I think given the nature of how this fight ended, you could give Mataj Gamrot a guy coming off a loss. Like, I don't think that's crazy to think um, just because it's such a weird one. Mm -hmm. But him and Dustin Poirier chain an ATT together. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. that would eliminate Dustin Poirier from that conversation and I just don't see Gamrot versus Gaethje to me again just kind of seems maybe a little bit too much coming off a fight like this if he would have went out and like starched like if this was like him knocking out Rafael Faiziv or mm -hmm. tapping him out in round two I think we'd be could be talking about him versus Gaethje number one contender status mm -hmm. I really do think that um, but I don't know does any of that sound attractive because I think another thing I've seen floated around is is really him looking back but I don't think when you're in the top five, because I will assume, you know, he was six, Faiziv was, or no, uh, Gamrot was seven, Faiziv was 
six. So mm-hmm. I do think he's going to be leaping Faizeev and looking at the top five. I just don't think you would fight back because I saw Jalen Turner wants the rematch. Um, I've seen he called it out last night. Um, I saw people saying run it back with Armand Sarukian. Um, but, man, why? Like, why, yeah. why rematch when, again, we need to start cycling some of these guys in the top five, right? So Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously with Benny having already beat Gamrot pretty soundly, yeah, um, I think that kind of takes – there's no reason to I do that I saw some rematch. people saying that as well. like Saying rematch him or re- saying – Rematch. Him and Benny rematch, him and Sarukian rematch, and then obviously I said Jalen Turner said he wants a rematch. But it's like, I just don't know why you rematch. That just knocks more contenders down, and, yeah. and we need to be challenging, keeping the top five challenged, I think. I think what it will come down to is if Gaethje wants to fight. I don't think In that will. way. If yeah. he does want to fight, then – you know, set that up just because there's nobody else in between that isn't booked. Yeah. And there's coming off of a win when you talk about Dustin and Benny and then Chandler, obviously, like you said, who knows what's going on with the con. I know he says that, but we still don't have a book date yet. So yeah, my only thing with Justin and where I think where he is in his career is, you know, Justin's a guy that has always kind of kicked the tires on retirement. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know, you know, he's kind of said, this is it. This is his last run. And I just, I don't think if you're Justin Gaethje, you're, you're sitting in that, that number one contender spot. Right. And I just don't think you risk it against a guy like Gamrod. I would be very shocked if he elected to go that route and take another fight. Um, but again, that's why we always say like Islam Oliveira, that has to play out. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that is a fight where if Charles Oliveira wins, you're probably getting a trilogy. right? Right. Um, so it, it, and then at that point, Justin Gaethje would kind of have to take another fight. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way I could kind of see it maybe lining up. But, again, there just wasn't much in the Gamrot performance, who is a guy coming um, – or no, he, he did beat Jalen Turner. Yeah, he I'm beat Jalen Turner. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's just such a weird spot to be but in. But even that fight like was that. you know, was a close fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's not coming off of a dominant performance yet. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, though, and I, and I still stand by this. And, and maybe I don't know that Jalen – Turner is a title contender yet, as I sit here today. But I guarantee you guys, if you put Jalen uh, Turner in front of Islam Akhachev, it's a tough fight. Yeah. I just think, giving his, given his physical attributes, I don't care who it is at 155. If even if I'm not saying Islam would lose mm-hmm. or he would beat him, but I just think he's just going to be tough for everybody. Well, Gamera, right? Like that fight was yeah. a, is a clear example of that. Yeah, like Gamera had a tough time with yeah. a lot of the wrestling exchanges and keeping Absolutely. him down and all just that. Just a big so. physical guy. Mm-hmm. This is just a really unfortunate time for Gamera to even be winning toward the top five because, yeah. like you said, you know. Poirier would make a lot of sense if they didn't train together. Yeah. Uh, Gaethje's going to probably wait for a title. He's already lost to Benil. Uh, Chandler's booked. Like, it's yeah. it's a horrible time. And there's, no, there's not even, like, a, a 45-er trying to go up or a 70-er mm-hmm. going down that would even make sense to even, even give him somebody who could help him stay up there. Yeah, it just, and like I said, the way the fight ended, it just doesn't leave, give us much clarity on what they could or should do next, so... We'll see. Again, hey, if Charles Oliveira loses to Islam, I could see that matching up early next year, and it would make a ton of sense as well. So, because like I said, I think how that fight ended, he could fight a guy, especially as long as they're in the top five, but if they're coming off a loss, mm-hmm. they can make a ton of sense. So, in our co-main event, boys, Bryce Mitchell defeating Dan Ige via unanimous decision. I didn't have time to get it uh, queued up on the uh, soundboard, but freedom! <laughs> <laughs> That, that probably is going to be making its way to our soundboard very soon, I can tell you. Um, 
but let's talk about the fight, boys, because I have issues with this decision, um, especially 30-27, Bryce Mitchell. Um, I, plain and simple, had Danny Gay winning this fight. I gave him rounds one and two. Um, in round one, he defended all of Bryce's takedowns and landed the bigger punches, including the one that actually did damage in that round and cut Bryce's eye open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce did get the one takedown. Uh, with about a minute left. Um, I think it was actually more closer to two minutes, um, but didn't do any damage with it. He did nothing with it. He did get him down, but he just kind of held him there. Then in round two, it was the exact same thing. Um, Ige landing another big shot that actually closed Mitchell's eyes to the point where the doctor had to be brought in Mm -hmm. um, to kind of look at it. Um, And then uh, again, in the last two minutes of the fight, you know, Bryce does take him down again. Sort of got into like a head and arm choke, but Ige was defending it and actually throwing punches from the bottom. And Bryce still, no damage occurred there. Um, so scoring it again, kind of based off how we've been told, they're being told to look at these fights now. I was like, okay, that's two rounds for Dan Ige. I felt like given the damage, it was pretty clear on that. Um, and then round three, scored it for Bryce Mitchell. By far his best round. I thought mm-hmm. he completely controlled Dan Ige. Um, and then was actually kind of doing some damage there on the ground. Um but yeah, again, to give even if you didn't see, if you thought round two maybe Bryce squeaked one up, which I don't know how because there was no Dan like Bryce or uh, Dan Ego, you literally saw the damage that his punches inflicted on right. on Bryce Mitchell. Um, but to see say thirty twenty seven, that's outrageous yeah, to don't, me. Don't agree with that at all. But I do feel like there was some damage on Ego. Where do you feel like that came from? On his face. I didn't see any damage on Danny. Nothing? Mm-mm. I feel like he has a little bit of something under his eye. Like, I thought, granted, like, I was watching this on my phone. And it could have, real quick, it could have came from that third round because that was, like, that round I felt like Bryce, especially when he was on top, was was landing some shots there. Um, but, dude, like, to, to, to literally have Bryce bleeding in round one again, mm-hmm. but then into round two, like, the fact that he literally closed his eye, like, with a shot that, to where the doctor was brought in to a side. I just, I don't, like, I'm just... The, the judging is just getting, like, worse. Coming off this whole Mike Bell 10-8 thing, and mm-hmm. they we heard this past week they had a 10-8 meeting to explain to judges what a 10-8 is just based off this fight alone. Um, and, and now I just feel even more confused than ever. Like, we're, we're, we're getting further away, I feel like, from, from well, a resolution. Yeah, and, and well, 10-8s aside, I felt like we were finally starting getting um, a clear look at damage winning rounds because we'd seen some fights that were close and it looked like okay damage is the reason this guy won this where this felt like kind of like a revert to you know seeing how things you know control or how things end toward the end of the round um but yeah i I mean i agree i thought that he was i guess they were looking at him stealing those round like stealing those rounds at the end with the wrestling that's what i think it was and i mean there was some attempts to get to a sub but there weren't uh, until the third or until the second round and then more a little bit into the third he wasn't really holding anything tightly it was kind of just more transitioning getting to better positions yeah because even like the head and arm choke like okay he's got a submission on but it's not like he's finishing close to finishing the fight like how do you know though because dan ega was showing no earth i mean he was literally just laying there with he had it defended he had the right defense his arm was across the with the head and arm he had his arm where he needed it to be like in terms of like not getting choked and then he's just sitting there like there was no urgency there was it's not like he's you know trying to you know um wiggle his way out of it or like you know you you know you do jujitsu you know when somebody's in a choke when they're being choked how they react unless it's like a blood choke but then he would have put him out 
So clearly there was no tightness. It wasn't like Danny Ige didn't feel threatening. It didn't so put you, him to sleep. So it wasn't a blood show. So you, would you just consider that then just control then? Like yeah. you wouldn't even consider What's that a sub attempt? Yeah, no. I mean, it's I wouldn't even consider that effective grappling so like, really. Okay, so like just go, based off of how we've been, what we're being told. So mm-hmm. j- just to understand, like if someone puts somebody into an arm bar, but that person shows no like sense of urgency or fear, mm-hmm. and then they wiggle out of the arm bar, that's not a sub attempt to you. That's just a control. I I, I think that's where again. You have to see that arm bar. I mean, I would have to see what an example of that. I, I would say like an arm bar, if you get to that position, it's how extended is the arm. Again, is the person reacting? Is Are you forcing an escape out? I mean, Danny Gay wasn't even really a... T- he was literally just punching Bryce. Yeah, because he was stuck. But Maybe he nothing. wasn't being... He wasn't close to getting finished, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I understand that. But I just feel like that should still constitute a sub-attempt. Like, even if... You, okay, you do a good job defending it. It doesn't change the fact that it was an attempt. I, I, okay, fair enough. I think you could, a, you could consider it an attempt in terms of, like, he went for it. But, I mean, it's not like he... Okay, you attempted it. It didn't work. And then you just sit there. At that mm-hmm. point, we're getting into now control time. Yeah, and that I understand. Yeah. Well, they almost gave him eight minutes of control time. So, I guess that's what you're looking at. In the at. third round? The third, uh, d- total. The third round was five minutes of yeah. that, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, he literally controlled Danny Ige the entire fight. And then the three minutes was probably between Spur- round one and two. Because it was like a minute and a minute and a half in right. those rounds. Because he literally just took him down at the end of those rounds. Mm-hmm. So... That's what I'm saying. I, I just I don't agree with the decision, and, and and again I feel like, and Chris Lieben was a judge in this, and I I don't know if I have the scorecards here. I don't think I do. Um, I'd be interested to see what his scorecard was. I hope he wasn't the thirty well, twenty seven. I did see I did see on Twitter there was a fight earlier on the card that he was the only person who had some girl going through who like clearly had lost the fight. I I saw that too, which is even like, was yeah yeah it was it wasn't a good scorecard from what I saw as well. And I was I was really hopeful. I mean, and, and this is the first couple fights right. on this level. You know, you got to give people a chance. I, but I mean, look, I'm not gonna scream like robbery, but I feel like in close rounds. Damage should just always went out because mm-hmm. that's what we're told. Right. And you saw clear damage individually in both of those rounds that Danny Gay clearly inflicted on Bryce Mitchell. Opened a cut in round one, closed his eye in round two. I just, I don't know what else, like, I don't know. In close rounds like that, how else do you score it? Right. Yeah, I thought for, you know, just the last little notes on it, I mean, definitely a good bounce back for Bryce compared to how bad the last fight was Mm -hmm. in order of, like, getting to his game plan. He did chain some good takedowns together. Even when his eye was hurt, he did end up landing, like, a really good, I think it was, like, a left hand or something when Dan Ige was kind of trying to target Mm -hmm. um, the eye. But I do think that Dan Ige, his game plan was great, too. He did the big punches, um, you know, stayed out of danger. He only had, obviously, just the head and arm. But outside of that, when he was had his back controlled, he did a good job of fighting out of that as well so yeah anything on the fight itself uh, no i mean the fight was good it was it was fun to watch there was a lot of scrambles good exchanges with ega as well i don't know i'm just thinking through the whole like damage and like grappling and it just i don't know like, I, this isn't and this isn't me like this isn't my thoughts on how the fight should be this is what we're being told mm-hmm. like we're being told that they're telling the judges to score damage over everything over control that's literally what they've been saying mm-hmm. for like this whole year with all this like judging stuff that's going on. Right. Uh, so me as somebody that is a consumer of this sport and you're telling me this is how you're now scoring fights and I'm sitting here watching a guy literally cutting another guy open with punches mm-hmm. um, I, and I'm giving him the round. Like I just I don't I don't understand it. 
Yeah. And, and and like what John said is I feel like you're just giving Bryce Mitchell the round because he took him down at the end. Yeah, and I don't agree with that constituting like a win for the round. I, I don't know. It, just, what, it just feels like that's the pro- one of the biggest problems with all of this. Is just yeah. all, like when you say damage, what does that mean? Is that just sure. visible damage? Is that that's like what they when said, when Oliveira like breaks Tony's Tony Ferguson's yeah. arm, but Tony keeps fighting? Is that damage? Because you can't yeah. really see it. Like right. it looks like you know what I mean, but you, you can see it cut. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's just obviously you know me with the whole subjectivity thing. It's a big thing. But it, what? well, it is tough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I'm not gonna say robbery by any means, but 3027. That's just yeah, atrocious. Don't, mm-hmm, that's don't atrocious. That. Especially when a, even if you say round one, okay, fine. But literally, when a doctor is being brought in because a guy's eye got punched, closed from a punch. Like, how does yeah. that guy not win the round? When again, at the end of the round, all he did was take him down for the last minute. Whatever. I'm moving on. Uh, <laughs> as for what is next for Bryce, uh, for him, um, you know, the fight that they booked um, back in May was Thug Nasty versus Mavzari Vloyov. That fight made a ton of sense then. I think it still makes a ton of mm-hmm. sense now. Obviously, uh, Bryce fell out, so Vloyov had to face uh, the bangs. Fear mm-hmm. the bangs, Diego baby. Lopez, baby. Uh, yeah, so I think that's the fight to make. You know, two grapplers... Um, which I feel like at this stage, usually the UFC tries to weed one of the grapplers out from getting into the top five <laughs> right. anyways. Uh, so I think it makes an, a ton of sense, man, and, and it'd be a fun one to watch. Um, I I will say for Bryce, man, I thought when he had his most success, and it's something that he's going to have to kind of work on in his game, is throwing strikes before he initiates those takedowns. Every mm-hmm. time he did it, he had a lot of success getting to the hips of Dan Ige. But, man, when he's just shooting those takedowns naked, um, Dan Ige made him pay. And the in the first round, the cut that opened Bryce up was he tried to shoot a naked takedown, and Ige kind of, like, shucked him, got a whizzer, shucked him over, and kind of, as he was getting up, kind of landed like a big hammer fist almost. Or maybe it was an elbow, I can't remember, that cut that under Bryce's eye. So, that and especially against a guy like Mobs, <laughs> you can't just, <laughs> can't just level change and shoot on a guy like that they might just shoot on each other the whole time and and the last thing i do i i I didn't write this down to bring up but it did just kind of hit me because i've seen today as of this morning a lot of people like obviously bryce with the bible thing the freedom you know we can laugh about it and um and then there at the end right he um had the awkward exchange with Danny Gay, which I hated for Danny Gay because, like, you could tell Danny Gay just wanted to get, like, he just lost. Even if that's something they agreed to do before the fight, right. uh, you could tell Danny Gay did not want to pray at that moment <laughs> in time. I think he just wanted to go to the back. Not that he didn't want to pray, I just think he was, like, mad, right? right. Um, but a lot of people, like, should the UFC allow this type of behavior? Should they allow him to hold a Bible up? Should they allow him to pray? Um, and my only rebuttal to that and, and not just because I am for all that kind of stuff. Um, we just saw an example, uh, two weeks ago at, um, the Izzy strip where literally what, what Bryce Mitchell and nothing Bryce Mitchell said or did offended anybody. He wasn't coming at anybody. He wasn't uh, attacking anybody. He wasn't saying anything negative about anybody. Um, and we literally just saw examples at that pay-per-view where homophobic slurs were used mm-hmm. um right and um we see many times where you know connor you know religious uh, religions attacked cunt we've seen chael son in a country attacked you know this place is absolutely filthy and disgusting right. <laughs> and you guys are animals and you know we see this stuff constantly from people where they're actually going out of their way to insult a group of people bryce mitchell did absolutely nothing wanting to you know proclaim um his religion or or pray on national tv 
I, I and people wanting the UFC almost to do something about that is absurd to me um, when we're literally seeing examples of people directly putting a, a group of individuals down or coming at whether it's intended to go at that interview. You know, I know the the homophobic slurs were mo- more used referring to somebody, right? right? But still, that offends people. So right. the only thing I'll say is just in terms of consistency is like the I think it's interesting that fighters can't carry flags, but then he had a Bible. That's the only thing sure. that I think was interesting. And I don't agree with the flag thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think either. that's that's just absolutely crazy. You know, I I know even if you did it for a moment in time because of that whole like the Russia stuff, and I know that was a big deal at that time. Um, yeah, we got to get the flags back. To me, that's yeah. just yeah. yeah, that that's nuts. You well, should never have to feel like you can't show where you're from. Just in the same like vain with like Bryce, you should never have to feel like you can't express, you know, yeah. I mean, how many, how many Muslim fighters, you know, hum- 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 Allah, you know, uh, Allah Akbar. Abu Dhabi is now just Muslim cards. Absolutely. That's, that's what they're, which is great. You're showcasing and, and all something. of them say that, you know, so it's like, come on guys. Just, yeah. <laughs> it, but I know Bryce Mitchell can be a little extreme and, and, and things like that, but I just to see people like, should the UFC allow that? What? <laughs> the only two things that made me <laughs> that chuckle <offends> you? <laughs> was one is I don't know if I've ever seen anybody more um, awkwarded out than Bisping trying to decide if he's going to let him well, play yeah. on the microphone. Because <laughs> uh, he definitely had somebody in his ear saying, get out, get well, out. Well, but I don't know. Did you guys see the video of Bryce Mitchell on Bisping and Anthony Smith's podcast this past week? Uh-uh. He asked Bryce Mitchell, or Bryce Mitchell asked, oh, you guys didn't see that? Yeah. I, I, I seen the clip, but I didn't get a chance how to click guys, on oh, it. You guys, how do you guys not see this stuff? So he asked Bisping if he thinks that we evolved, Bryce Mitchell asked Bisping if he thinks we evolved from monkeys, and Bisping said, uh, yeah, and Bryce just like flips out on him. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they already had like some stuff yeah. between them kind of, and, and uh, Bisping kind of thinks, you know, religion and all that stuff, yeah. and Christianity's a joke, and, you know, obviously Bryce is very far the other mm-hmm. way so it was uh it, it was a very interesting exchange they had a couple interesting exchanges in that interview <laughs> the other part that made me chuckle which is just on brand for bryce mitchell as a conspiracy theorist was the whole like i don't believe those fires were real i felt like they're trying to take <laughs> yeah. the land from the natives and i was like hey man if you're gonna empty out the clip empty out the clip but right? again he's not really right. attacking anybody no. you know it's not like he's like trying to put Hawaii or Hawaiian people down. I'm like, dude. You say he's going to get $5,000 today and he can to give to like, people. Should this be allowed? Like, what? Yeah. What? I did see a funny meme of like when Diego Sanchez walked to the ring with the cross <laughs> and then it's Bryce <laughs> holding up the Bible and it says uh, Diego Sanchez ran so Bryce Mitchell could fly. Right. <laughs> I thought that was Throwing a little Yoel Romero and you got it all, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Boys, Marina Rodriguez <laughs> defeats Michelle Watterson Gomez via second round TKO. Um, well, I we'll get to. I, I don't want to go in right away with the Michelle Watterson stuff. Uh, what could be next? What should be next? We'll get to that in a minute, um, because I want to talk about the performance of Marina Rodriguez first, because that was just pure violence and domination by Marina Rodriguez. Um, I knew she came from a Thai background, but I don't think we've ever seen it on display quite like that. I mean, just on another planet here, uh, getting to that Thai clinch, ripping the knees to Watterson's body, uh, mm-hmm. which made a very a huge difference early. Um, you got to remember, Michelle Watterson Gomez took her down early in this fight, right? Yeah. Um, so to even bounce back in that round one was kind of crazy. Then she started cutting her up with those elbows. And, you know, credit to Watterson, again, who we can get to in a minute, displays toughness, a lot of, you know, she could have went out 
at any point and crumbled and nobody would have thought anything uh, other about it, you know, in terms of like how tough she was. Mm -hmm. Um, but even to stretch this fight into round two, I give Watterson credit for that. Um, because I think the fight could have been stopped and probably should have been stopped in round one for what it's worth. I will put that out there as well. Um, and, and, and kind of man, again, don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but shame on Watterson's corner, man. I, man. I just, to me, man, like, I don't care what kind of conversations you have before a fight of, I'll fire you, don't ever, like, man, come on. Like, get real. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, just completely unnecessary, completely, oh, like, just, just pure domination by uh, Marina Rodriguez, I will say, who also did snap a two-fight losing streak. So, mm-hmm. credit to her. Uh, but, yeah, your guys' thought on the form. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I just one of the worst. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'll get so, you. Okay. I so, so right, one of the best, you know, how they do those like tweets throughout the fights. Like yeah. one of the more funny tweets to me was like, someone, I don't know who it was tweeted after the first round. Now that is a 10, eight round. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, kind of some truth. Seven. Yeah. So, yeah. um, no, I mean, it was a fantastic performance. Watson had a little bit of success, obviously early with that takedown. But man, as soon as Marina got up, it was just all Marina. Yeah. Like there was just you could kind of tell Waterson just could not get range going. She couldn't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as they ever made contact, Waterson just you know there wasn't there wasn't much of an answer to anything she had. Sure. And the takedowns got pretty desperate there at the end. Like they weren't set up with anything. You could tell that Waterson was just trying to everything she could just to get into the ground. And even at that point, there just wasn't much left. So yeah, yeah. And I think if this was only like shots to the head. She probably does last out a little bit longer just because we've oh. seen that throughout her career. See, I think the body was almost worse. Well, no, no, that's what I'm getting to <laughs> like, is if she was, if Marina was only hitting her in the head, I think she still kind of pushes through a lot of this. Oh. But what you've seen with the desperate takedowns and all that is after Marina was able to get back up, she lands that body to the knee up yeah. against the fence and immediately Watterson has to start like circling and she's like, you could tell she's hurt. And then oh, she from, was literally like, ah. And like then from then, like Marina's just pouring it on yeah. 100% punches, elbows, knees. Have you guys ever just had, like, the air knocked out of you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, football, you, baby. Can you imagine oh, how yeah. many times that's, like, happened in the middle of a fight, yeah. and then guys or girls just keep fighting through that? Like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. no, it's crazy. Well, in, in with the whole kind of, like, the stoppage part, you know it's kind of uh, when the fighters who are commentating, like, you know, good on the judge for giving this fighter a chance. Because I know there's, like, that weird line for them, and they like to go out like that. But right. I'm, I'm pretty sure her husband is still one of her cornermen. I, I don't know. No, but I read um, a journal. I don't remember who it was. Somebody, a journalist that was at the fight, said that Watterson, uh, her daughter, was at the fight, sitting front row, and after round one, was just in total, like just hysterically yeah. crying. I mean, I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, watching your mom in there. You know, maybe even your dad Especially would your be face, one thing. Like oh, it was horrid. She was dr- leaking blood everywhere. Um, as far as Rodriguez, though, uh, she said she wants to fight Tantiana Suarez next, and I'll give her some credit there because probably nobody in that division is calling for that fight. Um, so I guess I suppose, you know, if Yan Chownown is next for Zhang Wei Li, uh, Suarez could kind of use a dance partner there. I, I don't know what the UFC is going to do in terms of who's next in that division. Um, but man, Marina Rodriguez is coming off the two fight losing streak. But if you remember right before, I think her first loss was Amanda Limoges. She mm-hmm. in this two fight losing streak. Yep. She was on like a four or five fight win streak. Um, and if she beats Amanda Limoges, probably looking at a title shot. So yeah, that four or five win streak is Amanda Hebus, Michelle Watterson, mm-hmm. Mackenzie Dern, and Yang Shan on. So. Right. Yeah. So big wins. And, um, you know, Scheme kind of went for Suarez saying she doesn't think she's quite deserving of a title shot. So I give her credit. I like the fight. If, yeah. if Tantiana wants it, if the UFC wants to make it, um, because I still think Yang Shan on and Zhang Wei Li makes too much sense. Right. Um, but yeah, we have to talk about uh, what the loss there might mean for Michelle Watterson Gomez. 
that's now four straight losses for her. She hasn't won a fight since 2020 against Angela Hill. She hasn't won consecutive fights since 2018-2019. She is a former Atomweight Invicta Mm -hmm. champion. Um, And I think that she was just a true Atomweight the whole time. You know, I think... um, I just don't think it really ever worked out for her here in the UFC at straw weight uh, because of that reason. Um, but to me, she just, I, I don't see what else she would have left to prove. Um, and I feel like not only, um, you know, how we've now seen consecutive losses, you know, this four fight losing streak that dates almost three stretches over three years now. Um, but she just hasn't been competitive either. And it's almost mm-hmm. getting worse. You know, I think what was, you know, very telling, um, last night or just something that stuck out to me and I thought is I think that's one of the worst one-sided beatings I've seen in a woman's fight it has to be ranked in the top five of women's MMA in the UFC certainly in recent memory yeah I mean just a really bad one-sided loss the only one I can think of was Joanna and Carla Esparza mm. when we went and watched it over it I think it was um who's somebody's house but that one felt it was bad because carla couldn't get none of that wrestling to work and yeah. Joanna was just kind of beating her but that was that lasted longer this one but it felt like you was watching it for a long time yeah. just because she's constantly was landing yeah um but i agree i just think that you know she has a great skill set but she's never been big enough to deal with some of these girls and then even on top of that you know the damage is just constant when you're getting yeah. hit by these bigger girls i think the damage is the big thing when you look at like this loss especially like me what, what like you even see like the kind of loss that uh, holland took to hamza right like when you have a loss like this is in waterston like you kind of have to yeah. really reevaluate what you're doing while you're doing it and yeah um, i know she was ranked in this time what was her ranking who? Was on Washington ranked? Yeah, uh, I don't know what she was ranked. Which, that's interesting too. Like she's being ranked with the four losses in yeah. all. So I mean, I well, I don't know. And she was really emotional afterwards, which mm-hmm. you know, to me again, I I haven't read or seen that she's officially saying she's done, uh, but she was pretty emotional, which you know could kind of hint at, at maybe her stepping away. Um, but yeah, man, and when you look at her record, you know, kind of even the names John just said, like even on the four fight losing streak, like she's not a person, which credit to her, I'll give her that, that's ever like taken a step back in competition either, mm-hmm. right? She's always fought kind of at the top of the division. So, you know, there is the argument, you know, what if she, what, what does it look like if she goes now back and maybe fights the number 15 or an unranked um, contender, you know? So I think if there is one left for uh, Michelle Watterson Gomez, if she still wants that, I think she has to do that. Like, yeah, because um, consistently, you know, now, like I said, this is now almost 10 fights. It feels like where she's always fighting somebody right in or around the top five of this right. women's strawweight division. And it's just it's like she's getting less and less competitive. Yeah, maybe get one last like hometown fight somewhere or something. But, but yeah, but then I guess the kind of the the what that shows you almost like the caveat to that then is it shows you that you can't be a, she, she can't be a world champion at this point, right. you know, because she's tested herself against many different opponents now multiple times with this fight. It's a rematch. Right. Um, and so I think for now she can look at it and at least honestly say, I'll never be a champion. Mm-hmm. So if there's still more to fight for her after that fair play to her, like keep going. Right. If it still brings you something else, like kind of like what Brandon says, but you guys got to figure out what that is or else mm-hmm. you're going to go in there and just keep getting the tar beat out of you. Cause you're not really fighting for anything no and i mean a lot of these losses are like mostly decisions but they're decisions where she's just surviving Mm -hmm. and you know yeah for sure that's just not i mean like you said you have your daughter there yeah you you know she's prevalent on social media like there's other things she could do even on like a broadcast thing she's she's very well knowledgeable she's been in the game for a long time since 2007 yeah you know so 
any other results uh, that stuck out to you guys? I, I was impressed by Brian Bra- Brian Battle. I think yeah. he's somebody to watch. Him at that. welterweight's pretty nice, man. Two I, in a row. Very interested to see his progression in this weight division. Now, I was impressed with Charles Jordan beating uh, yeah Ricardo James, who had the clear grappling advantage going into that fight, um, and he just looked made it look easy. Did Charles Jordan? I thought that was a great performance. He got ready. It's hit Dirty Bird. Yeah, Tim Means pulling out uh, <laughs> the third round. That got fight of the night over Andre Fialio. Um, yeah, man, Cody Brundage, good win. I didn't, get, I didn't get to see Usman's fight. I didn't either. Um, he won by decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I see about that fight? I feel like I saw something. Did he poke some? Did he get him in the eye or something? I don't know. I didn't see that one. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, Brandon, update us on our scores. All right. So I came away with three points, and you both had one. So the current standings are Nate with 81. I have 76. Johnny of 70. Catching up. Mm-hmm. You're getting close. I feel, like, I feel like if that Fizeev Gamrot fight would have played out, and one of them would have got a decision. Dude, so I was like, yeah. Man. If I would have got that Valentina by decision, I would have got three points last week, mm. and that would have put me within like two of you. Yeah. So oh, I like it. I like a challenge. <laughs> it's been a boring year for me, so I'm ready for a challenge. <laughs> Boys, next, again, next Saturday, October 7th, UFC Fight Night, live from the Apex with a main card start time of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in the lightweight division and in our main event, number 10, Grant Dawson versus Bobby King Green and boys the number 10 ranked Dawson comes into this fight in a great run of form he's unbeaten in his nine UFC fights with one of those nine being a draw to Ricky Glenn uh, but all wins outside of that he primarily gets the business done uh, with his grappling game 13 of his 20 mixed martial arts wins have come by way of submission and he is coming in off a unanimous decision win over Demir Ismagulov back in July. His opponent, Bobby King Green, is an absolute veteran in this game with 45 professional mixed martial arts bouts under his belt. Uh, Green is 2-2-1 two and two, two, two and one in his last bouts, which includes the one-no contest against Jared Gordon back in April. He does come into this fight off his third-round arm triangle victory over Tony Ferguson back in July at UFC 291. How do you guys see it? Let's start with John. Yeah, man, you know, I, I feel like uh, it's hard to judge Bobby Green off the Tony Ferguson because we know Tony Ferguson isn't the same sure. same guy. And then obviously um, the Islam fight and the Drew Dober, you know, that you could see him a little bit unmatched. We don't we don't really know the full ceiling for Grant Dawson yet, but I give I put a lot of stake into what he did to Demir and what he did to Marco Madsen too. Um, on a grappling level, and I don't think Bobby Green is on that level to stop him from doing his A game. Um, so I think that Grant Dawson actually gets this kind of easily. I think he's going to um, – I'm going to take him by third-round sub. I just think he's going to be able to implement that game pretty easily. Yeah, I kind of agree with you actually on this. I think Dawson has all the reasons or all the advantages as far as the grappling to win this fight. You look at Islam, and uh, granted it's Islam, right? He's the 55 champ, but like what he did to Bobby, I don't think that Dawson is going to have too much of a problem doing the same thing or something similar. Um, so I think Dawson here as well, as long as he's able to make weight and nothing crazy there. He does have a couple mishaps with the weight. Um, prior to this but other than that many yeah, i think dawson by second round submission makes a lot of sense i mean bobby's always got that potential to land a big knockout or something but i just don't think dawson's the guy who's gonna let that happen 
Yeah, I am just I'm just not a fan of this matchup, man. Yeah. I feel like this is a week the UFC could have taken off. Forget the Neon Belly <laughs> podcast. Right. Um, I'm kind of just as confused today as I was when they booked this fight on why it was even booked. Um, you know, Gr- Bobby Green is a veteran. Obviously, we can start with that, and he deserves the veterans' respect for that. Um, he is coming in off a win, but kind of like what John said, you know, nobody thinks Tony Ferguson and Grant Dawson are even on the same level as of right now. Um, and the and because I get Tony. They, you know, I've, they can kind of justify it because, oh, he just beat number eight ranked Tony Ferguson, but get real. Like, he ain't right. fooling nobody. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is kind of what they see as the next level up is just a bit alarming to me here. Like, it just kind of, again, it seems like we had an open date, so let's fill, fill it because it's the apex and yeah. it's our building and we don't have to pay to do it. Um, you know, Grant Dawson is it, just simply put one of the brightest prospects right now in this lightweight division. Um, and not only the grappling, I just think he's better than Bobby Green kind of everywhere, even on the feet. Um, you know, the stand-up is something Dawson continues to make progression on every time we see him. Um, but I think he's going to win it on the ground, kind of like you guys said. You know, he's the new uh, super backpack Damian Maya. <laughs> uh, you know, the way John even said it there is the way he controlled Demiriz Magulov um, on the back was just unreal. Um, but just also what stood out to me in that fight was the ease at which he mm-hmm. took Demir Demir Ismagulov down was so impressive. Um, we've also seen him have success taking down Olympic level wrestling, uh, like what John mentioned with Marco Madsen. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think he'll have a problem taking Green down. You know, Green is no slouch in the grappling department, um, but just not on Dawson's level. Obviously, mm-hmm. I do think Green will be dangerous early um, in this fight with the striking. Uh, Grant Dawson did get dropped early in that Marco Madsen fight, if you remember. Mm -hmm. But even then, if you remember the Bobby Green, uh, Drew Dober fight, right? Uh, uh, Green dropped Drew Dober in round one. Right. And then uh, went out and got finished the next round. So even even as dangerous as Bobby Green is in the first round, if he can get through that round one, you know, you kind of take some of that steam off. Um, And since 2020, I I looked this up. I did try to find something interesting about this fight. Uh, (laughs) Since 2020, Green has had 11 total fights in the UFC, boys. And in all of those fights, he's beat just two guys under the age of 30 um, in all those fights. In 11 fights since 2020. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going with youth. I'm going with the young gun and who I believe just to be an all-around better talent right now. Um, I look for this, you know. Kind of like what Brandon said, I think this is going to be just as easy as it was uh, for the Islam fight for Green. Uh, what did you say, Brandon? I said two, John said three. So. Oh, yeah, perfect. Um, I, I'm i going to go first round submission. I think he gets it done, like I said, in, in similar fashion to Islam mm-hmm. Akakchev. I mean, Bobby Green is tough, but um, I almost wonder if maybe they just kind of booked this speaking of the Islam thing, just to kind of evaluate Dawson, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 just, I know I Dawson just, has been saying he wanted a headline, so maybe it's like, well... I don't know. Uh, Very interesting. If you want it, we got to do it against Bobby Green. Moving into our co-main event, though, and in the middleweight division. Now watch Bobby Green go like starch and raw and look like absolute fool. <laughs> Good uh, thing we're taking yeah. the week off before that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have enough time to you know, uh, look into it. In our co-main event, boys, and in the middleweight division, Joe Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, be like Joe Pfeiffer, John. Uh, that's the term that Dana White coined after Pfeiffer's impressive win on Dana White Contender Series. Uh, since that fight, Pfeiffer has gone a perfect 2-0 and in the UFC with back-to-back first-round TKO finishes, uh, the most recent of which came against Gerald Mearshart at UFC 287 back in April. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan will be fighting his 12th UFC fight this Saturday, so a lot of UFC experience there on the side of Al-Hassan. Um, he has struggled to find consistency as of late um, as he has just two wins in his last 
six fights. He's coming in off a second round TK win, TKO win over Claudio Hibero back in January. Um, and he will look to get back-to-back wins with Alhassan for the first time since 2018. Uh, who do you like in this one, John? This one's a little bit tough for me because I know either one of those guys can take the other one's lights out. Although Alhassan hasn't had as many wins in a row, when he connects with people, it's a highlight. If you go through his wins, all his wins are by finish. That's all he does. Or he loses by decision or something like that. So, And then with Pfeiffer, obviously he, the run he's been on has been really impressive um, with the knockouts. GM3 is not no slouch, so to be able to get that, especially um, – in the first round, two in a row in the past first round. Um, I need to make some headway up here, though. So I'm going to go with Abdul here by second round knockout. All right. I think if he lands, he can knock out anybody, too. So Sure. I like Pfeiffer here. Um, I think I agree they could both have the capabilities to take the other one's lights out, but I think Pfeiffer's just a little bit more technical, and I like the confidence as well that he's carrying into this, talking about wanting to have the all-time knockout records and that kind of thing. So I just really like that about him. I think carrying that into this fight, I could see him having his third first-round knockout as well, so that's what I'm taking. Um, Round one knockout for Pfeiffer. Um, But yeah, I just think a little bit more technical as far as on the feet, but Mm. very capable to get knocked out as well. Like I don't disagree with that, but I, I still like Joe Pfeiffer here. Yeah, I'm really big on Pfeiffer in this one as well. I think he's, as Brandon said, just a more clean, technical striker. Um, I also think he could have a slight speed advantage in this one. Um, I love his height and reach advantage as well. He's, he's a really big middleweight. And now Hassan's kind of on the smaller side size in terms of that. Not muscle, not strength. <laughs> um, and now Hassan, yeah, always dangerous. Um, and one thing about uh, Al Hassan that sticks out as well, he has some nasty leg kicks that mm-hmm. Pfeiffer has to address early. Like, you do not want... Uh, Razak Alhassan chopping of those legs early. Um, and he started using wrestling his last fight a, a lot. A little bit, yeah. He's got, he's got some pretty nice trips, um, but I worry about cardio as well mm-hmm. for Alhassan, especially if this fight, the longer it goes. Um, you know, he's only won one UFC fight outside of round, round one has Alhassan, um, and that was in his last fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think getting through round one, maintaining that risk assessment will be key for Pfeiffer. Um, I don't expect to see wrestling, but I still think Pfeiffer will also hold advantage of there even regardless of you know the trips and stuff um Alhassan has only been out knocked out once in his career by chaos williams um but i believe joe pfeiffer possesses uh that similar kind of just one punch knockout power mm-hmm. um i like pfeiffer here brandon you said second round no i said first okay i'm gonna take second round i had second round written down i didn't take your pick there brandon <laughs> uh but yeah i like pfeiffer because i think he's gonna have to kind of get through that first round where Alhassan's gonna be dangerous mm-hmm. that's the one where he can't get caught john did you take second round yep Okay. Alrighty. Um, yeah, and so as, as weak as I kind of think this main card, this main and co-main are, uh, maybe not the main co-main as much. Um, I, I'm just really not crazy about either of these matchups. And again, I I just kind of see both as a mis- mismatch in terms, and I almost feel like it's them just kind of showcase one of these five. I think they want to showcase Grant Dawson. I think they want to push and showcase uh, Joe Pfeiffer, even though I think Al Hassan has a better puncher's chance, yeah. obviously, in that fight. Um, like I don't think John's... I'm, I, I'll give John a hard time if I see it, but I don't think John's crazy for taking Al Hassan because there is always that, that chance with a guy like Al Hassan. Um, however, I will say, I do think as you look down this card, there is some fantastic match ups man and here's what kind of gets me about this one is i'm like 
I feel like you could take every fight on this card because it is so deep. Like, even mm-hmm. into the prelims, man, there's some good fights on this card. And just split them up and make some of these other fight nights or pay-per-views stronger. <laughs> like, take a week well, off. Breathe, well, UFC. Well, what we got coming up, they're definitely using some heavy hitters yeah, they later are, in the but year man, already. You, but, but again, but these could be filling out some of these yeah. cards just to make them even stronger. Um, but, yeah, going through some of these other... Um, uh, fights on these that on this card fight, in these next two weeks again in two weeks you got Drew Dober versus Ricky Glenn banger mm-hmm. uh, Bill Algeo versus Alex Hernandez banger yep. Philippe Lenz versus Iwan Kutalabe banger mm-hmm. Alex Morano Morano <sighs> versus Joaquin Buckley yes banger sir. Chris Gutierrez versus Montel Jackson banger Chris Gutierrez is like the second to th- or third fight on the card like this yeah. is Chris Gutierrez he was just ranked you know what I mean a uh, great fight and you even got Nate Manis who finally doesn't have to fight a daggy um they don't they, you don't have to fight a daggy we're just gonna give you a 10 and 1 Brazilian <laughs> no <laughs> right gosh Nate Manis has had such a rough pick man but mm-hmm. credit to him man I mean he's carrying a lot of experience in that fight having fought um was it Saeed he fought or Usman no, he Usman. fought Umar. Umar. Yeah, he fought Umar. Umar, and then he fought their teammate to um, uh, the Tiger. What's his name? In his um, last one, it starts with a T. Help me, help me. Uh, hold on, I can look it up. I have it right to here. Gear. Yes, to gear, to gear. Yes. So he's fought some killers, man. I'm um, excited to see Nate Maynitz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Even so Carolina, that's a little throw. Carolina Kalikovich is on it. Vanessa. Uh, Dumopolis is on it. So yeah, there's some good fights on this card. Um, this is one you watch early for sure. I just I find find the main event just to be a little startling. As main all. card at seven. Sign me up. Yeah, another a seven o'clock <laughs> save. That's right, John. Let's get into the news. Going on the news. Mm, going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. So we have some aftermath from the Noche UFC event. Dana White saying that there will be a trilogy fight between champion Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina will be out for a few months with a hand injury, but it shouldn't last long enough to delay the fight. I know that's kind of what we were all leaning toward yeah. anyway. So. Sure. Yeah, it, makes the mo- it still makes the most sense. Absolutely. And to say that now kind of leaves kind of lets you book other things and not kind of hold up some of the other contenders you had. Did you see? Like, I think I saw something where Valentina... Said she wants the fight to be in like Kyrgyzstan or wherever she's from. Oh yeah, Kyrgyzstan. I don't know where she's from, but I'm like, could you imagine a UFC <laughs> event there? It'd be like 17 people there at yeah. the mall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you be? It'd be like at the market. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, That's funny. Monday night had some huge fight announcements, um, and throughout the week, even more were to set up the yeah. end of the year for this huge finale of the last couple months. Starting off with UFC 295, which is headlined by Jones versus Stipe, will now be co-mained by Alex Pajeda versus Yuri Prohashka for the vacant light heavyweight title. It's a big one. Yeah, huge one. And, I mean, the implications for this for Alex to put together probably one of the best combat sports runs ever between his kickboxing and then getting to titles, possibly being able to double champ. Huge thing there. And then the return of Yuri, like how good is that shoulder? But I'm just ready for the craziness that's going to come from this because Yuri blocks punches with his head. Alex takes chances. So that'll be fun. Um, Although it was rumored to be Leon and Colby that would co-main 295, we now know the UFC 296 will actually be the card that they fight on uh, as he faces Colby Covington. The co-main event for that card will also be a title fight as newly crowned flyweight champion Alejandra Pantoja will be facing will be defending his title in a rematch against Brandon Royval. And yeah. what's crazy kind of about that one too is he fought Royval just like 2 years ago yeah. uh, and has a win over him but that's just how great Royval's been since then. So that just 
So instead of going through them, I'm, I'm looking at what you said earlier. Just go through the whole card. Okay. So two. So start with two ninety five because like essentially they just built two cards right. over the last. Couple okay. Of so days. just to go through it, two ninety five will be headlined by Jones and Stipe. Yeah. Co-main will be Pajeda and Prohashka, and then you're adding on Matt Frivola and Benoit Saint Denis. Yep. Benoit Saint Denis. Uh, shot. Then. Uh, no, that's two ninety six. Yeah, that's two ninety six. So those are the two big. The main adds to two ninety five. Yeah. And then for two ninety six, it's headlined by Leon and Colby. The co-main will be Pantoja and Roy Val. But then they added Matt Frivola and or no, uh, Shavkat and uh, Stephen Thompson. That's a huge one. Finally, somebody yeah. fighting Shavkat, and then which I I find so weird that like you know Wonder Boy was like actively like no, I'm not fighting Shavkat, and then. To turn to say no to Ian Machado Gary, but then to say yes to Shavkat, I thought was kind of interesting. Well, what this says to me is that they told them this is potentially the next title fight. It's got to be. They because had to have guaranteed The only job. reason Wonder Boy wanted to fight Usman instead right. is because he knew that could get him to a title. Right. And if nobody's willing to fight Shavkat, that makes him, you know, prime real estate. They had to have gave him some type of a guarantee because why else would he take the fight all of a sudden? And it makes sense on 296 to be the featured fight for the title fight. Yeah. Um, also added onto that for 296 is Patty Pimblett and Tony Ferguson. Um, yeah. If you don't, is, what do you think about that fight? <laughs> Just so. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. How sad is it if that's Tony's like rebound fight for Patty? And then for Patty, you know, it's just another one. If he does it, it's like, yeah, you, you just beat old Tony Ferguson. I just don't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we again, like we just saw Bobby Green finish. Right. Tony yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, With a submission. He's a purple. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I love Tony Ferguson, man, and I just <laughs> yeah, I just feel like we're making a case study here. Of I feel like, like we I, made a joke about this. It's almost like the UFC's like like let's see let's see how effed up a guy can get fighting in the UFC over Ugh. like how many fight like what are we doing? I, yeah, I, I know. Well, after the the Bobby Green Ferguson, we we made the joke like, well, maybe you just give him Patty. You know yeah. what's left for him? If retire or Patty type of thing. Just don't but more exciting, three a.m. Sunday this or this Sunday morning, mm -hmm. Dana White announced on his IG, Vincente Luque will face Ian Machado Gary at two ninety six as well. Um, kind of setting up a like an old school thing they used to do where you have three really high touted fights in the same division happening on a card where you can kind of shape up what will happen in the beginning of the next year. So yeah. that's huge for that. Um, December 2nd fight, uh, fight night card has came together as well, being headlined by Jared Cannonier and uh, Roman Delize. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob Font will be welcoming Figueredo to the Bantamweight division. Huge. And then um, Azamat Murakhanov. Mur yeah, Murakhanov. Yep, you said it. Uh, will be facing Khalil Roundtree. Yeah. So that's going to be another huge banger. Yeah. Um, the last little fight announcement we have is for November 18th is Jake Matthews will be facing Michael Morales. Great. Two huge young, fight. Awesome. High-level contenders. Yeah, I'm excited. And for that's that. coming up sooner than later, so we don't even have to wait out on that yeah. one. Uh, the last little bit of news I have is Bellator 299 in Dublin happened this last weekend. Yep. Um, big results, but the biggest ones being Aaron Pico continuing his climb with the knockout win, and Johnny Eblen gets a huge KO victory over Fabian Edwards, adding to his middleweight title reign and his claim as best middleweight in the world. I, man, I'm, I'm telling you what, it's 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 hard not to think, like, when you look at the landscape of even the UFC's 185-pound division, like, this guy plays, man. Like, I, I could see him fitting into this division and being a huge problem. Uh, what did you think? Did you see the uh, little bust up between Leon and him? Mm -hmm. uh, so, if you didn't see it, Johnny Evelyn knocks out Fabian. Pretty cold, man. He drops him uh, with, with an elbow. And then once he's, like, on top of him, 
uh, literally dribbles Fabian's head like twice off the canvas and then stands over Fabian as he's unconscious and is kind of like yelling at him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Edwards, the UFC's 170-pound champion and Fabian's brother, didn't take too kindly to that. Right. Um, and there was like a little squabble in the cage for a minute. You and Edwards got this huge cut in between his oh, eyes. Did you like, see the picture of yeah, it? Yeah, Oh, nasty. Uh, one more fight that resolved that I have to mention. One FC. Did you guys see Rod Tang versus Superlek? I seen some highlight from Holy it. Holy cow. Go to. It's uh, like an elbow sword fight, is uh, how somebody described uh, it. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know why I don't watch one more one, especially like these Muay Thai fights and MMA gloves. Um, but yeah, you can go to One FC's YouTube and the whole fight. They've already put it up. The whole fight's on there. Just a three round, just. Scrap. I mean, I think I seen. Um, it might have been Luke Thomas or somebody else. Kind of basically said that how it's crazy that one has got people to buy into this new format of Muay Thai with the gloves. I don't know why more people don't like, especially people who are like grappling's boring. Well, what he, I hate what, what the person was saying was that where kickboxing messed up was trying to say that they're better than MMA. Sure. Whereas they they basically kind of molded Muay Thai into a, a MMA digestible yeah. form, and people are just loving it's it. It's literally like. Going on the UFC games where there's like that just striking mode, that's like what it is. Right. It's just mixed martial arts. Like you can do literally anything. Um, I don't think you can do spinning stuff. I don't know. I don't know for I, sure. I, but they got really, some. Oh, but dude, yeah, if you get a chance this week, uh, go watch Rod Ting versus Superlek uh, yeah. on YouTube. Fantastic three round, and it's three three minute rounds, which yeah. is nice. The fights go fast. Elbows, punches, kicks. <laughs> blood it's it's a it's it was a good fun fight uh john what is your song of the week song of the week i'm going back into the brandon playlist i'm gonna get little scrappy head busser he was literally humming it as he walked in yeah. is that why oh, you, did you guys yeah. catch that i didn't think he caught that well we pulled up at the same time I, that window was cracked i, I was like is he? <laughs> i heard bme click and i was like what <laughs> but he was like when he was humming it when he came in i was you like, guys are underestimating man shoe size songs yeah. yeah it was too like did not pick you this, for a size 13 yeah, just a different guy man i thought we knew you but we don't that's pretty wild brandon size 13 what's your one for the people I don't really have anything good, man. I've never got anything super crazy for these. Like, I, I thought about starting just throwing random questions at you guys and see what your what your answer would be for one. What, what you got? Mm, I've got a few I was kicking around. So what's, like, your favorite underrated animated CGI movie? Like, one that you just, like, if you had to pick one, what would be the best? Kids okay. could be adult <sighs> ones. So CGI is tough. Would you consider, like, a cartoon CGI? I mean, I'm thinking more like Toy Story, but I'll take okay. cartoon. Okay, well, mine, I mean, I don't know if you know, but Toy Story is, like, absolutely goaded oh, for really? me. Okay. Oh, 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 like, next level goaded. Um, like, my and my mom knows it, so I get, like, a lot of Toy Story stuff all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit too much sometimes she buys me some stuff. Um, like, every time she goes to Disney, I get, like, seven Toy Story Are you a Woody or a Buzz guy? Um, I would definitely say Woody. Believe it or not. I could see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm more of a Woody. Uh, but I'll be honest. I actually just had this conversation. I can't remember with somebody uh, how underrated the old Batman animated series were, like from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like the cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Like the Mr. Freeze Dude, Batman one. Batman Beyond. Um, Batman Beyond mm-hmm. was fantastic, man. Fantastic. And I mean, like, 
still hold up today. Like mm-hmm. great movies. Uh, Mark Hamill, I think, voiced yep. the Joker. Who Return played Joker? Yeah, great. yeah, that was a great one too. Um, and me and my brother, we used to watch those all the time on VHS. You guys remember orange VHSs? Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had the Rugrats in Paris, yeah, maybe Nickelodeon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Monster Inc. was blue. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that just hit me. Monsters Inc. Yeah. also very underrated. Yeah, not a great sequel. See, that's the thing with Toy Story. Four of them. All bangers, mm-hmm. all bangers. Fourth one, I don't know. One, two, and three. Do not, do not like the spinoff ones that they've done, like the little smaller, like Buzz's Big Adventure, like mm-hmm. those, like. In, but like the main four, main, like I would say in terms of a series, like that's what makes Toy Story so goaded to me is no other, like even the second Monsters Inc. Eh. Like mm-hmm. it just no animated series to me has been able to go that many movies mm-hmm. and just be that like next level great. But you, John. Um, I would say I really like the Into the Spider Verse ones that they've done. Mm, I've only seen the first. One. Um, I think that because the animation styles Wait, are so different. Is that Miles Morales? Yeah, yeah, I've only seen the first one. Um, the second one is really good as well. But outside of those, if I'm going kind of more toward my past, Bugs Life has always been one that I really I like. Love Bugs Life. Ash hates Bugs Life and Ants. Oh, dude, those are gonna I be my two. Ants. I love it too. Those are gonna be the two I brought up, and then The Incredibles. Incredibles is Yeah, it's pretty good. I just think that the the comedy and stuff in that is really The thing with Bugs Life is I love the like, or was it Ants with the crickets? Bugs Life. Yeah, Bugs Bugs Life. Life. I love the like kind of like messaging behind that as well. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. dude. It was, it's it's one of them deep ones. Yeah, like when you really think about it, it's pretty awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Good one for the people, Brandon. Uh, John, what is your one for the people? Right. I see you got the cards. Yeah, you know, I think we had so much fun last week that I wanted to bring some more questions to you guys. Um, hey, I did hear another one kind of similar to that. Uh, have you said more in your lifetime? Have you said more words or taken more steps in your lifetime? Mm, I'm saying said more words for sure. I would say steps because it takes you like two or three years to talk. I don't know, man. It's a tough one. I mean, we. How many words are we saying on these? Every yeah, day? and we're not walking. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're I guess that balance up. tips we're, back we're the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> well, not only that, then you talk about like you know just throughout the week you yeah. hit somebody up and you, at work you get caught by somebody who yeah. talks to you too long. Yeah. Uh, so this one would be: Would you go to a football game that had seventy thousand seats in the stadium? If you knew that 500 seats would get ejected into a black hole, <laughs> but everybody who no. didn't get ejected would get $5 million. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's like, you, like, would you play Russian roulette? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's like, would you play Russian roulette if you didn't lose, uh, you were going to get $5 million? No. Well, uh, 80, <laughs> My life is on the line. Well, a- 85% of the people who were asked this question said that they would definitely go to See, the I just don't believe. They, who they're pulling. I don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think here's what I think about a lot of that stuff. Courtney, yeah, I don't know who they're pulling. Here's what I'll say. I think it's easy for somebody in the heat like to say, like, yeah, I'd sit in that seat. But I think if it came down to it, right? Yeah, no way. You wouldn't do it. It's like yeah. squid games. Well, I guess it depends on how hard up you are in cash. Like if you're just in a bad spot and you're like, hey man. I would say I, I would say think that's the I would say if it's life or death and your life depends on money for your like <laughs> To like to like continue on living, maybe you got some bigger issues than, yeah. than just money. I, I threw that one in because I knew it was probably going to be a quick no. Um, but these other two are pretty interesting. Would you rather have a flock of geese swarm you every time you fart, or never use your phone <laughs> so, or computer again? Oh, well, you know my answer to that. That's I'm, but I'm, computer. Think about how much you use a computer for work. That means you, that's all I need. That means all you can't watch the notes. fights on your phone. But you would still need like it. At the TV for what? For your your notes for your computer. 
I just do handwritten notes. I talk about that all the time anyway. You couldn't talk to family members who don't live in driving proximity? Why? I can't go, oh, I can't use my phone. Yeah. Can't talk to them at all, huh? I mean, that is mm-hmm. tough because I do fart a lot. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. <laughs> that would get exhausting. Like, it, it, you'd think like it's only out in the open, but imagine like you're in here, you toot, and all of a sudden the door <laughs> opens and it's just a whole you said, bunch you said of a flock of geese, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking like the ones that are just walking around by ponds, right? You're yeah. talking about like, yeah, yeah no way. Be, it'd be so exhausting. How many is in a flock? I don't know. I, I, let me just throw out like 10. No. Even if you said two, like that's so, <laughs> so like You're sitting there like double head. Like, dude, that's just exhausting. You'd have to change your diet, right? Yeah. You'd have to try to get. You but know, then like having to go back to like MapQuest or Atlas's. Oh, well, you can't even use MapQuest because you can't use a computer. Yeah, that's true. So, so you'd have, have to use Atlas and worse. Almanacs and yeah. whatever. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Funny enough, yeah, ninety percent of the people chose the flock of geese when you fart. Dude, that just <laughs> is so exhausting. Imagine yeah. in the middle of the night. How many times do you fart in yeah. the middle of the night? You don't even roll over. <laughs> 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 oh, that'd be exhausting. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Uh, would you rather get paid a million dollars a year but have to work ridiculous hours, or get a hundred thousand a year and do nothing? A million? Oh, oh, the hundred thousand. Easy. Especially, especially if it's something I don't love doing. Right. Yeah, because a hundred thousand is pretty good money. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> yeah. live on that. Yeah. Just and to be able to control you and do it, nothing. That's yeah. like not even accounting for if you do like side businesses or actually work. Or well, even that. like you, you could just still do what you do. Just do it pro bono. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be doing my job pro bono, but no. I can see yours. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I feel like because even if you do work ridiculous hours, oh, like, what, can, what are you doing with the million oh. dollars? Yeah, unless it's just for like one year, and then you're just taking that million after working hard one year. But mm, yeah, no, I'm good on that. So I'm really go. good on that. Um, you know what? My one for the people. Uh, speaking of work, so uh, for people that know, don't know, like ninety eight percent of people are not going to care about this. But uh, me and John are proud members of the United um, American uh, or United. United uh, Auto Workers, Auto Workers of America in the USA of America, mm-hmm. the UAW. I know what it is, uh, but we are proud members. Um, and our company, our whole union, na- nationally, is actually currently on strike or mm-hmm. striking. Some are on strike, um, and it is kind of baffling to me. Like, and it's something that's like caught the attention of like mainstream media, right? Um, so you're hearing a lot about. Um, like Kokomo, even on the mainstream media and it's everywhere. Um, but it's just funny when, you know, you hear like athletes or celebrities or other people saying like, well, politicians, well, the media is twisting it. The media has it wrong They're You know, don't listen to the media and being in something that has gotten in the middle of something that Mm -hmm. has gotten a ton of national, you know, clear up to the president and Donald Trump talking about it. I mean, everybody, right. Um, it is interesting where you like see things that like make you want to pull your hair out. Like that's such a lie. That's just like a blatant lie. Right. This person completely doesn't understand what they're talking about or they're saying, you know what I mean? So I don't know. That was kind of like a realization I had this week of like, like I would say 80% of what I see is just like BS. Mm-hmm, like it just mm-hmm. doesn't, it's false. It doesn't click baby. Clickbait, yeah, yeah. Clickbait's a good word too. But it is funny. Like I've never been involved in something that has got like gotten so much attention, and then to see how people react towards it is just really interesting. It doesn't affect my life. Like I'm not right. mad by any means. So like I understand there's people that deal with real things that actually directly affect them. This doesn't directly affect me per se. 
um, other than I'm standing behind what, you know, our union is obviously fighting mm-hmm. for. Uh, but yeah, it's just interesting. Well, the only thing that sucks about the like misinformation like that is when people try to, cause they know that we're in it mm-hmm. when they try to talk to us, you got to kind of gauge on how deep you want to go with this because people yeah. don't know. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Cause I even had like a, we went, I went to dinner with my dad, um, this Friday, shout out my dad. There you go. About time. <laughs> Take a page out of John's book. Yeah, When's yeah. the last time you did that? Apparently if you go to dinner with your dad, you got to say shout out to my dad, man. <laughs> like, For, as far as I know, this is the first time you've done it in yeah, years. Yeah, so. yeah. I never see him or talk to him. So I finally, I finally, for the first time this year, John talked to my dad and went to dinner. <laughs> so, uh, but we were talking about it and yeah, he was kind of like going on some stuff and he just like, it's just funny. He just. That happened with me and Shay from Thursday. He just doesn't quite have, like, he's just hearing what he, and he even says, like, what I'm understanding it as, and it's like, no, 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 dude. That ain't that ain't what it is, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just, just some interesting stuff. But, yes, uh, that was my one for the people. I just had that realization this week of, like, I'm actually in something that's getting a lot of media attention on mm-hmm. CNN, Fox, you know, our local statewide news, um, even our local newspaper. It's just like, no. You and how it. often in your life has you been? have you been more in the know than – you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you. and I, yeah. exactly, and it's something I'm actually connected to, so I, uh, you know, I kind of know the facts of everything, mm-hmm. and yeah, some people just read like one little thing, and then they'll write a whole article, and it's like that's not what it was. You didn't read the sentence before <laughs> <Right>. or after, <laughs> but it's interesting because right. that's what a lot of people say. So I don't know where what what the lesson in is is and all that, but it is true. <laughs> Be nice to celebrities. <laughs> Leave Britney alone. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> Remember, no pod next Monday, uh, but we will be back the following Monday, October 9th, um, to recap Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson and get you set up for our picks and predictions. The next UFC fight night is Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Barbosa. Another not so thrilling yeah. main event, you know. Lester John. War Barbosa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lonely Heart Boys will be played. Uh, so we will see you guys then. Might take another week. Well, we can't. 294 is the next week, so... Got a kickback and all types of stuff coming. We'll see you guys October 9th. Until then, peace. Peace.